wonderful smell to Iowa. Kind of particular in this part of the country. Know what I mean? No. Listeners, welcome back to Rock Hard Caucus. This is uh, Iowa's favorite, best, only podcast. Uh, my name is Justin, of course. You know me. I'm famous. Uh, and, and my famous friend Evan is here, too, with me. I'm not I'm not famous at all. <laughs> I don't want to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> the secret Evan. Um, well, we've, we've got a special guest today, uh, and I, I want to kind of contextualize this a little bit. On our previous episode, we discussed... The idea of pushing the Democratic Party left, things like that, uh, trying to put forward, uh, you know, socialist leftist candidates or however you want to label them within the structures of the Democratic Party. Uh, I think we and probably most of the people who enjoy our show are pretty pessimistic about things like that, uh, especially when it comes to like big national races. Uh, but something Evan said got me thinking. He he was talking about the idea of agitation from both within the party and by activists outside of the party, which is it's not a new idea, but uh, you know something I hadn't I've been thinking about things in that term in those terms much recently. Uh, but it made me think of a certain person who uh, I know was interested in coming on our show, probably to discuss topics similar to that. Uh, so today we have with us the chair of the Progressive Caucus of the Iowa Democratic Party, Brian McLean. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? Very well. I'm good. Yeah, sitting here good. at my uh, my desk. Uh, I'm stationary right now, unlike you. Yeah, I'm I'm driving. <laughs> I I'm, can't stay in one spot, waiting for my kid to get out of a robotics thing at at ISU. So. Hmm. I probably should park though, so you know you don't hear any screams or crashing or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, don't podcast safety. and drive, folks. <laughs> safety, yeah. on, safety when podcasting is the highest priority here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to sound like I was begging or anything like that, but you know, you you do have a uh, very popular podcast, and I've been you know trying to get around and and yak at people and trying to ju- just kind of try kind of get among the masses and talk to people. Uh, that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And we're all for that. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of in, um, you're kind of in like a contentious position, I think, because I think, I think you are basically as antagonistic toward most of the, uh, democratic party figures as someone outside of the party, like an angry, anti-democrat activist <laughs> type but you are oh, a chair yeah. of the of a caucus within the party <laughs> um i yeah i'm i'm kind of a straight shooter and there's definitely some people out there that do not like me and i'm okay with that but not as many as you might think actually um been kind of having a a good go at the diplomacy route and oh, wow. uh and and honestly we got a lot of good activists that are like newer in in the party that that I work well with. We're, regardless of where we're, we are ideologically, we're no we're now past the point of ooh you you were with Bernie Yuck. We don't want you. We're kind of past that point for the most part. This diplomacy route that you're taking um, does does this have anything to do with you? attempting a run for the uh, vice chair of the Iowa Democratic Party? Uh, to an extent. Um, I feel that it would be useful to have me or some other progressive voice in that uh, executive spot. And, and we've met resistance. And we've also met people that don't agree with us on everything, but are willing to work with us and talk to us and uh we can work on things that we actually agree on it's kind of strange coming in at 2016 basically as a leper colony and uh, now with the exception of a few individuals that i've had the pleasure of 
having some email uh, fights with recently. Uh, the, for the most part, the uh, moderate and versus progressive uh, schism, at least on the state central committee, has kind of gone away. Hmm. But that also means that the people that like to gatekeep are trying twice as hard uh, because, you know, uh, the schism was useful for them. Right. Yeah. You mentioned the state central committee, and that's something that I wanted to make sure to ask you about tonight. There's mm-hmm. some some kind of power grab consolidation thing happening. Can you explain what the state central committee proposal is? Well, first of all, it's not a proposal of the state central committee. It is a proposal of a couple of individuals mm-hmm. that um, put out a bylaw uh, change to the Iowa Democratic Party that would essentially consolidate all uh, legislative power into the hands of a, an executive board, essentially, uh, including money, especially money. Um <laughs> And uh, it, and in exchange, the state central committee would receive would receive a, a veto power of sorts. We can tell them, no, we don't want you to do that if we can muster a supermajority to do that. So basically, we are we need to try and break an automatic filibuster against our own power. So, yeah, it's I took a look at it. It's a mess. It is not well written. Um, could you explain a little bit about what the actual duties are of the State Central Committee? Could you explain a little bit what the State Central Committee is and what its duties currently are? Okay. So the State Central Committee is supposed to be a group of individuals that are voted at the di- voted by at district level and then the chairs uh, and vice chairs of each of the constituency caucuses all act as kind of the legislative body of the Iowa Democratic Party. That is, that's the role uh, when the state convention is adjourned. The state convention is supposed to be the ultimate power. Once they're adjourned, the state central committee takes over. What we've been used as, however, is more along the lines of a rubber stamp that apparently certain individuals have gotten really, really used to because as people like me and others started coming in and questioning, hey, uh, why, why is this going on? We didn't discuss this. Hey, why are we not getting uh, copies of the budget in advance, things like that? Um, and then we're told, it's, then we get a lot of people getting huffy at us. So I can, t- I can tell you that the number of people that have been pushing back on, on the whole rubber stamp thing has been uh, growing uh, ever since 2018. Mm-hmm. That's probably why they're trying to consolidate this power into the hands of a smaller number of people, I would imagine, mm-hmm. is that the group has become less of a, an automatic, uh, you know, as you, as you called it, a rubber stamp. So... You say more and more people are, are resistant to the idea of this group being a rubber stamp. Do you think it's it's enough resistance to uh, stop this bylaw change from happening? That's kind of where we are at. And we're having issues in regards to the fact that so many people are so disenchanted at this point. She had this, uh, this proposal sold to me by uh, Rita Hart. And I've spoken with other uh, other of my colleagues who also were, you know, discussed this whole plan. It definitely was not sold the way that it's written. Mm. So we have a lot of names that have attached themselves to it. And a lot of people are just so tired of everything uh, about how horribly we're doing that they're almost willing to do anything. And I, I totally understand that feeling. And unfortunately for them, they have people like me that's a loud mouth and tends to be rather uh, aggravating uh, that stands in a way of just doing whatever. Yeah, I, I, I came in, I came in not to make friends. And uh, that that's kind of my role. Yeah. So when, when it comes to not making friends, I, I mean, I guess that's why I ask about the, the diplomacy route and the, the vice chair election thing. 
you know, if you have this, yeah. if there's this perception of you as as a, an antagonist, uh, my I guess my question is, how does the election for vice chair of the party work? Who is voting, and are these the people that you have spent your time not making friends with? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I guess not making friends is a bad way to put it. I didn't come in with any stars in my eyes or thinking, oh, I'm going to be part of the country club. Um, I want to get down to business. I want to work with people that want to try and make things better. And I'll I keep on hearing from people uh, when they end up meeting me is, oh, you're not half the asshole. I thought you were, I heard you were. <laughs> um, it's a, it's okay. I, ha- I have that, that, that's ki- kind of my lot, I guess. But the people that end up voting ultimately are the members of the state central committee. Now, I'm so far the only one announced. As far as I know, there'll probably be somebody else. That's okay. That's democracy. Um, the worst case scenario, I'll just end up going back to being, you know, I'll keep my chair position in the Progressive Caucus, which is fine by me. I, I love, love what I've been doing there and the people in the Progressive Caucus. But I guess we'll see how much goodwill I ended up, uh, I ended up building among people because yeah there's a lot of people out in in that committee that feel just as dissuaded and crapped on and i think a lot of it is because of the fact that there's so many more new faces that just want to do something instead of just going with the flow and being okay with the title well here's a follow-up question to to the Mm -hmm. uh the vice chair election situation uh do you think that appearing on Rock Hard Caucus is a benefit or a uh, you know potential liability when it comes to this kind of thing? I didn't really think of either way. Um, <laughs> I I guess the best way I can put it is I don't care. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm speaking with you. I'm I and you know if somebody wants to make a stink of it, so be it. It not wouldn't be the first time. But it's essentially like I'm not trying to put forward some sort of fake appearance or pander or anything like that. Uh, I, from listening to Rock Hard Caucus for a while now, I'm kind of of the impression that we are of a similar mind. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's kind of where we're at. And generally, I, I, if somebody wants to bring that up as a negative, I don't understand why. Um, just... Just trying to get out there and, and talking to people, and seems mm-hmm. the Democratic Party kind of needs to do more of that because mm-hmm. otherwise, you get just a bunch of people saying public money belongs in public schools and not elaborating further. So <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Justin asked that because uh, we tend to criticize Democrats a lot on this program. Um, but oh, I we... criticize Democrats all right. The time. I think. Like you said, we we all want uh, them to do better, and uh, yeah. you come across as a very sincere and very uh, engaged person on Twitter. Uh, I don't really see how uh, coming on this podcast would necessarily be a problem <laughs> with all the other work and, and advocacy that you do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of it is, yeah, we're we're pretty we're pretty just straightforward out there. Um, I can tell you right now that if Zach Wall's listening to me, sorry, buddy, for all the times I've made you mad. Uh, I know I have, but I'm not sorry. You need to do better. As your constituent, Mr. Walls, I uh, yeah. agree with Brian. I think yeah. uh, Justin and Zach Walls have had some history, too. <laughs> uh, didn't re- don't really have a whole lot of good blood with the, with the Senate Democrats anyway. Uh, mostly because of the fact that there's a certain individual that they decided to put up in leadership again that really shouldn't be there. You're talking about Nate? Yeah, Nate. And essentially, yeah, that kind of started a, a bit of a brouhaha in the discussion group on Facebook. And mm-hmm. we had a mass exodus slash kick out because I, I'm sorry, we're not going to tolerate that. You have a D-I-R next to your name. That this is not behavior we should tolerate or reward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I like, I go on tangents. My bad. No, no, that that's uh, totally, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an important thing that, that doesn't get brought up a lot because the Nate Bolton situation, I, I mean, there, it's one thing to, I guess, uh, 
accept the will of the voters, if you want to call it that, but to keep him in a position of leadership, like that's completely by choice. It's not like an election, really. Yeah. And they'd rather we just like move on and forget about it. So I'm glad you actually brought it up because it, yeah, it's not like we're saying it every episode. No, you don't really have to, but you know, it's just something that I'm sorry, but we have, we're, we're not interested in telling the line of somebody that abuses their power that way. Yeah. And to, to be explicit, in case anyone's listening and, and was not following the 2018 uh, gubernatorial primary, uh, <laughs> Nate Bolton was accused of uh, rubbing his, his crotch on some women at a bar uh, completely without permission and, uh, you know, not a good guy. And then he proceeded to uh, blame the alcohol, mm-hmm. and I recall his apology was something along the lines of, I am sorry for the heartbreak that my accusers caused in this governor's race. <laughs> so that was pretty much it. It's like he gave, we gave him every opportunity to, to own up and and he just won't do it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I, okay. So there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I, I do want to make sure we elaborate on a little bit. Um, okay. You said that the, the, the SEC bylaw thing, which would uh, strip the, the membership at large of a, a lot of their authority uh, is being pushed by some specific individuals. Can you tell us who those people are? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to throw in allegedly here um, <laughs> for a couple of them. Uh, I can't remember his last name, John. It's lost on me, but he does. Uh, he's a lawyer that is currently a, an SEC member that is pushing this thing mm-hmm. that, um, we have a three-week deadline that uh, this thing's supposed to be announced, and then it's supposed to be debated at the SEC. He's actively making edits to it now and, and presenting it, and I, I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. And he got really mad at me. Uh, that's okay. And I will also say this John individual uh, does work under um, a, a certain person that – has not been uh, that it lost a lot of favor with a lot of uh, a lot of Democrats and in particular, a lot of uh, progressives as of late. And uh, his name rhymes with and <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> when that name was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not. Then that's where I'm putting in the allegedly. I've sure. heard plenty yeah. of people that say, well, you know, he's always wanted to be governor. He talks about it all the time. So. We some of us saw the writing on the wall with the first SEC meeting of 2000 uh, of the last SEC meeting that we had. We had Confers come over and Sand come over, and we had uh, we didn't have walls if I remember correctly, but they essentially stated that um, we're we're listening to you, and this is you know we're kind of in a listening mode, and then proceeded to tell us what they wanted us to tell them mm-hmm. it was one of those things and the way that a lot of things were being worded we kind some of us kind of got the hint that they're going to try and uh, consolidate some things honestly we uh, some of us started referring to uh walls conferenced and sand as the triumphant <laughs> and yeah this will probably get me in trouble that's okay <laughs> I, it's, it's i don't of- care this we can see this from the outside. Out yeah, yeah, like we can yeah. see this from the outside. I mean, we're more engaged than probably most people on mm-hmm. internal politics of the Iowa Democratic Party. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, yeah, with the Rob Sand stuff, it's been out there, and he admitted to the Jalen uh, Cavill stuff, basically. Yep, mm-hmm. just casually, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I got. I ended up getting that tip uh, from from somebody and uh, i immediately called his campaign manager and uh, let them know so yeah that was garbage uh, absolute garbage i didn't know you had a hand in that uh, in, in in spreading around the fact that you know yeah dirty pool was happening mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure i wasn't the first one to tell but i that's the first thing that i did was i gotta let i gotta let people know um especially jalen he didn't mm-hmm. deserve that no, I agree. <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to make sure we come back to um, 
in, in your example of like a complacent Democrat who is someone who just shouts the slogan, public money belongs in public schools and refuses to elaborate. Uh, well, if you're going to put that example out there, I have to ask you, Brian, to please elaborate. All right. So I've, I've gotten into some tussles about this. I did. This is one of the things that uh, Walls got kind of pissy with me at uh, because I kept on pushing them. You need to talk about what this is going to do to the rural schools uh, because that's going to be a key factor in this. The, just saying that public money belongs in public schools, that's not going to change anybody's mind, especially the people that already think public money should not be going into public schools. Mm-hmm. It's like, please talk about how this is going to yank money out of the rural public schools first. This is going to kill more communities. This is going to consolidate mm-hmm. more school districts. You know, and and he kind of tweeted something about that, but in a in a kind of passive aggressive way. And then he went back to the slogans. Um, there's so much more we can ex- expand on things. And I totally understand the whole uh, smaller, you know, the, the smaller catchphrases are a good foothold. But mm-hmm. after we end up having people's ears, they're not hearing anything different. Um, we need to tell them why this is important, why this is a, a this, this will literally lead to public schools in rural Iowa collapsing. Uh, and with no other real alternatives, because all the private schools are are centralized in the high population areas, mm-hmm. because that's where the money is to be made. Um, you know, we're going to rural broadband schools. Great. Um, and on top of all that, these private schools are getting this money without any strings attached, which means they can continue to just admit whoever they want. And say, I'm sorry, your kid has a learning deficiency. Sorry, your kid's a Protestant. They can't let him in this Catholic school. I, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm sorry, but unfortunately, your kid has an IEP. We're not set up for that. Um, it, it's not going to be a choice for anybody. And all it's going, and now that it's out in the open as going to be for anybody uh, that applies for this voucher. Uh, this is mostly going to go towards the rich. This is a, a an austerity plan in motion because austerity doesn't mean cutting spending. Austerity means shifting wealth, which we do all the time, especially in this state, re- almost regardless of who's in there. Mm-hmm. We take money from the poor and we give it to the rich. We end up cutting taxes and then we put a sales tax in place. We cut property taxes, sales tax in place, and those regressive taxes don't hurt some of these people as much. But, you know, it, I, I remember I, I, I've been in a place where I was uh, looking for cans and bottles just so I could buy food before in my life. And that extra nickel for that serving of ramen is, would make a lot of difference for a lot of people out there and there's more of them than there used to be. Mm-hmm. This may come across as kind of an obvious question, but do you think that those uh, past experiences with poverty that you've had uh, have influenced your uh, current political views? Uh, it, it did, but it took a while. Yeah. Uh, I have always yeah. been very, very flexible in, in the way that I thought. I took the long way around. Uh, I, I, I was a conservative at one point. I went to college. I got more socially liberal, but I didn't have the same experience economic-wise. George W. Bush kind of pushed me out of the Republican Party. I went to my first Democratic caucus, which was cool, but very much um, not a good experience because I refused to go sit in Kerry's spot uh, when I went to uh, went to caucus. I, I stayed undecided, hmm. and they didn't like that. And I didn't try that again. I eventually became libertarian. And then in 2016, this, uh, this little Jewish guy that yelled a lot from Vermont <laughs> ended up coming around. And my wife, who is not political at all, told me about him. And so I went to my second Democratic caucus and started learning about this guy. And I, holy crap, this makes sense. Where was my brain this entire time? 
So, and I've just been progressively going left ever since. How active were you as a, a libertarian? Just out of curiosity. I was not as active as I like to be. I was not really part of the party. Well, that might be a good thing. Yeah, well, I, I know a couple. Of, <laughs> I know a couple. I know a couple of libertarians that I, I work with on a regular basis on things that we uh, agree on, and we lift each other up. But the vast majority of them that I've run into think that the conservative party is uh, that the Republicans, the conservatives, aren't far enough right. <laughs> I would be getting in arguments with people about abortion and these people that say that, oh, well, you know, down with the state, except when it comes to bodily autonomy for women, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Or they support the death penalty. <laughs> Libertarians, you yeah. support the death penalty. <laughs> so that that was sort of my, so that I was not really active, active, but I was, you know, at least uh, not not in a party sense. I've always been a bit of a rabble rouser. I've always been a bit of uh, somebody that was definitely not happy with the way things were, and I wanted to change things. So I'm glad that I landed at least on the right side of the tracks on this one, um, because I look back at some of the things that I used to believe and think, oh, wow, okay, great. Um, that's what, what the kids call cringe nowadays. So <laughs> I think we have a lot yeah. of similarities, Brian. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we poke a lot of fun at libertarians, but it is it is a pretty common path for the like quote unquote open minded uh, young white man is uh, yeah. yeah a path through the libertarians. <laughs> yeah, I supported Ron Paul two thousand and eight for like a month because uh, he was the most anti war candidate. You know. <laughs> I, I I was I was a delegate for Paul yeah. both times. Oh wow! <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I was a delegate for Bernie Sanders. So uh, yeah, life is so weird. That, um, yeah, your first caucus with the Democrats was 2004. Then that was the carry uh, year. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And that did not go well. Um, lots of mean girl type stuff. So <laughs> I I don't I I went in there and uh, I. I was still not sure exactly where I was going to end up, and I ended up undecided. Didn't think that was a big deal. At least I was caucusing, and they didn't like that too much. I was a new face. They didn't know who I was, and I wasn't. I wasn't playing ball. So, what what do you think about the continuation of the Iowa caucuses, given your experiences? I currently have a resolution in the chamber to introduce to the state central committee that would say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and do this whole presidential preference thing on the DNC's calendar. Uh, we'll keep the caucuses as legally required to uh, do uh, business and sure, right. uh, we'll, we'll push the presidential thing aside. Frankly, I was a precinct captain uh, in, in my area for Sanders. Uh, he won my precinct, but we had a couple of individuals there that were in bad shape. We had one person pass out hmm. uh, while I was trying to help count votes. I think it's time for the caucuses to go as a form of just trying to get your voice heard because it is too daunting for people. Some people it's too challenging for some people. It's not accessible. And frankly, looking at a lot of the people that the democratic party says they support a lot of us are uh, a lot of people work the evenings a lot of people aren't able to take the time off to play musical chairs for three hours <laughs> on some monday in february with snow on the ground you know single single uh parent families uh you know people without proper transportation there's so much that you know, so many people that are shut out of the process because of the way the caucuses are. And so I am happy to see, honestly see it move away with the way that this state has kind of faltered um, into super red territory. Uh, I think it's time. It, it gives us the opportunity to focus on Iowa itself 
and trying to rebuild that trust and establish those relationships that we lost uh, along the way uh, as time had gone on. Hmm. Um, given your inside view, how how is the mood on that subject with other uh, you know figures of leadership within the party? It's mixed. A lot of people are upset about it. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people, most of the people are concerned about the uh, amount, the, the, how much it's going to hurt us financially. But, you know, I, I, I was poor at one point. We can make it. We can just find different ways to, to raise the funds. And quite frankly, the funds are going away anyway. Yeah. And, and honestly, there's a lot of people that are also kind of glad that it's going. Um, they won't say it out loud, but it's something that I think that is good for us in the long run. And I think that there are more people that agree with it than would admit it. Yeah. It seems like uh, that would be a, a good opportunity if the money is going away to sort of energize activists because they like don't really usually require a lot of money to do the work that they do. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I have a follow-up question about whether you were surprised by the 2022 election results and whether you think the other members uh, within the party were surprised by the results. I was not really surprised. I was disappointed, not surprised. Um, I know that there were some that were, but the fact of the matter was we had good candidates out there that received zero help. They had to build their own campaigns from the ground up. They didn't get any real, you know, literature signs. Those were all iffy. Uh, It was clear that we did not have outside help. And quite frankly, that was a good thing as far as I was concerned, because we didn't have any, uh, any consultants coming in from out of state saying, put on this flannel and say your dad was a crop duster. (laughs) We didn't have those. They did it anyway. Yeah, they, <laughs> well, um, but we did have three candidates go around uh, 4th District and actually talk to people and hold meetings, which would not have ever happened back when outside money and DNC money was coming in. So that was a plus, but again, didn't really have enough resources to push anybody over the finish line. And quite frankly, it, we that was our best shot and they just kind of let it fall through i understand the money wasn't there uh i understand that there are certain individuals that decide to withhold their money for whatever reason uh that typically donated to the uh democratic party but instead had another uh project on the side i guess called the hughes project hmm. and um it, it it was it was not necessary at a time when most Democrats and particularly the left side ended up performing very well throughout the country. Right. Uh, yeah. We actually became redder. Um, we had two candidates on the east side, two uh, congressional candidates that went all in against uh, Joe Biden's uh, student loan. Uh, a student loan forgiveness program. And uh, that was a big mistake in my opinion, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're chasing away a good chunk of people that would have voted for you probably. And um, we had an incumbent in the third district that rather than brush off this whole idea that, Oh, I am, you know, that she's uh, she's for defund the police. Uh, made sure to go around and buddy up with every single police officer in the third district openly and say, look, I love the cops. It's like, you do realize your, those cops were tear gassing teenagers like two years ago for the audacity of saying, stop being brutal to us. Mm -hmm. She was not alone in that. Uh, Many other Democrats did the same. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know it was not necessary to to do that and i literally and i i approached the rest of the sec and i said look i literally saw her bleeding support from some of the most organized individ- uh, organized people in polk county 
she lost that race because of how she approached this whole thing. And again, it kind of goes along with the whole I, the whole thing with Democrats. They have a very bad tendency of shutting out people that don't usually have a voice and usually do not have usually have to work way too hard to be heard. Mm-hmm. And you know, then we get to get called elitists and stuff. So it's frustrating. Um, Ryan Melton, mm-hmm. excellent guy, amazing guy. Uh, love him to death. Still keep in touch with him. He raised fifty thousand dollars and spent fifty thousand dollars, and he ended up getting thirty percent of the vote in Fourth District. That outperformed everybody. Um, as far as I'm concerned, in this state that's supposed to be in this part of the state that's supposed to be super red, he was connecting with people and he was very straightforward with them, didn't didn't throw out his values or anything like that. He, he I hope he runs again. Mm-hmm. And I know that he I don't know if it counts as an official endorsement, but I know that he's supporting your run for vice chair of the party as well. Yep. He he told me this is an official endorsement. So okay. <laughs> and it and it's I'm not good at taking compliments and nice words and things about me. So, <laughs> oh yes, the the bleeding heartland piece. I saw that the other day. I thought it was nice. Yeah, it was very nice. <laughs> uh, this I think this is the first that I've heard of this. The Hughes Project. Do you know anything about that? Um, I you know that might be something you might want to take a look at for another podcast. But I do know okay. that it was a Hubble thing. Okay, and. It, it was uh there was a couple other individuals in it i think that uh you know patch hatch was in that and uh, he ended up writing something about that um i met with hatch not too long ago and he talked to talk to me about all this stuff and um yeah i'll send you some resources about that so you can glance over it and i can try and fill in the blanks best that i can but essentially it was an attempt to it it, a bunch of rich white guy guys getting together and saying we're going to reform the democratic party of iowa great okay uh we got a lot of people that we need to talk to except for you guys um (laughs) And I know this won't gain me any favors. I know that this might piss some people off, but as far as I'm concerned, this 2022, that's the second time Hubble ended up losing us a governorship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I on this podcast, we often like to ask our guests very hard-hitting questions, especially when they're in positions of power, such as yours, Brian. Uh-huh. So uh, I have here an excerpt from a book published last year, 2022. Um, did you know that your name has, has appeared in a book recently? Uh, I think I know the book you're talking about <laughs> uh, by a certain Tyler guy. <laughs> yes, yes. This I have in front of me an excerpt from Iowa Trouble by Tyler Granger. Okay. Uh, this is I I have seen photos of paperbacks of this sitting on shelves in bookstores around the state of Iowa. So this is mm-hmm. you can find this like in physical reality. Uh, I personally I have the ebook edition of it, but it, <laughs> there are f- physical like real copies of this book out there. Okay, I'm just gonna read like part of a paragraph to you because I want to save the rest of it for a later date. But here. Uh, Also in early 2022, I criticized the Iowa Progressive Caucus for its embarrassing campaign website. C.J. Peterson, Taylor Weber, uh, Andrew Tatch, I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, T-A-T-G-E, Tatch, Tatch-G? (laughs) Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) And, uh, And other various Iowa Bernie bros pounced on my tweet, and I found myself receiving a barrage of online bullying. The online harassment was led by Iowa CCI member Jake Grobe, and the Twitter dogpiling grew worse when Brian McLean, chair of the Iowa Progressive Caucus, joined in. Hmm. <laughs> How do you answer for these accusations? Well, first of all, screenshots are forever. Um, secondly, uh, he did not talk about 
the website until he was backpedaling. I'm trying to remember how it actually came about, but it was something, it was, it was something kind of accusatory and, and kind of crappy. Oh, towards you, like personally, right? No, no, no I, I don't know if it was towards me or somebody else. I, I've okay. jumped on people before because, you know, they, they were crappy to somebody else, but I'll have to go back through and, and see what that was about. Um, but I can tell you that the playing of the victim that Tyler ended up doing, first of all, that was a shock to me because he was actually in charge of, uh, my caucus site in 2020. I met with him. I talked to him. He seemed perfectly fine and everything like that. And, you know, then all of a sudden, uh, in 2022, he said something or other. Again, I apologize. I'm not trying to be, um, I'm not trying to dodge anything. I'm just trying to figure, I'm just trying to remember what the whole, what started the whole thing. I mean, this was like a year ago. He's and got it was a lot of emails. So. <laughs> He's yeah. also really yeah. hates the uh, we, lo- uh, we Want Clean Water podcast professors. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much, uh, but their names are mentioned as well in the book. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, and it's the dog piling ki- kind of was I, at the risk of sounding like I'm victim blaming was his fault because he kept on going <laughs> mm-hmm. and he kept on going. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's tweeting about, oh, I'm so sorry I was mean to you, Kim Reynolds, and all this other type of stuff. Um, you know, I'm sorry I called you COVID, Kim. Oh, I'm so sorry for this. And that it got to the point where I'm like, dude, are you okay? Do we need to yeah, send no. a welfare? Because I was actually starting to get kind of concerned about his his mental well-being. And then he decided to go away uh, from Twitter for a while. And I hadn't seen him really since. hadn't talked to him since. Yeah, I have zero idea what started that, um, but I'm going to be an asshole and say I think he deserved it. <laughs> well, he channeled all of that energy into a book. Again, that's Iowa Trouble by Tyler Granger. Um, Evan, have you started reading it yet? I think uh, we're going to read that together. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be doing a, a Patreon a couple <laughs> episodes on that one. Uh, I've read... I've control f through for certain keywords yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i will be reading the whole thing <laughs> i will say however tyler if you're listening we're working on the website now and we're gonna make it nice <laughs> and pretty uh we got somebody great on it i'm talking with her tomorrow about it and we'll see what we can do you know so peace <laughs> And, and yeah, the website is crappy. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I come from the generation of angel fire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I'm playing with WordPress and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm giving it my try, my best try. Yeah. My, my, uh, HTML skills have not really developed since like 2003 yeah. or so. So since, I, uh, yeah. MySpace. <laughs> very simple web design <laughs> coming from me. Uh, well, uh, Brian, I appreciate uh, getting some insight into like, you know, where you're coming from, you know, trying to organize from within the, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, belly of the beast, if you want to call them that. <laughs> Are they beasts? You know, <laughs> I I, I'm really not sure what to call it because it's really, I, I've been telling people, especially people that were involved in the SEC a while back, that it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. It's, it, you know, the relationships and talking has, has at least, you know, has gotten a lot better among a lot of people that would have kind of shunned, shied away from each other before. I think one of the things that I, that helped was I tried to sell this idea that everybody on the left, if you're at a meeting and nobody's arguing, you're not in a leftist meeting. Right. Yeah. The whole idea of a leftist meeting is, you know, you'll have some people get up, storm out, say, fuck you. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> But we all, you know, we can all work together towards something better. Uh, I'm not going to give up my values. I'm very strict with that. Uh, I'm very straightforward with that. But I'm trying to organize a better Democratic Party in Iowa. A lot of things, something that a lot of people told me is a waste of time, not worth it, and all that. But honestly, um, I've been able to go up to people and say, look, 
Progressive Caucus has gained the trust of a lot of people that otherwise would hate our guts because we have a D next to our name. Maybe you should start listening to us when it comes to what the direction we should be going. Yeah. And not just me. The Progressive Caucus as a whole is amazing. Yeah, I, I saw some... I don't, it was like a tweet, but it was basically saying that in states where the Democratic Party was more willing to work with activists, they did much better in the 2022 elections. And I would think that I would be a good counterexample to that. And also New York, uh, with the way that, mm-hmm. yeah, with the, the things the that have been going on. Yeah, the things that have been going on in New York during the election cycle and since the election cycle. Um, so yeah, we, we totally agree and, uh, mm-hmm. admire the work that you do. Cause I, I don't think Justin and I are, are built for that. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. It's, it's rough and, and draining. I will say that, but it, I've, it's worth it. You know, I've seen a lot of people, um, come around and it, it's actually been kind of fruitful. It's just. I've been very, very, uh, one of my main priorities is democratizing the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. is expanding out, is giving people a voice instead of consolidating and protecting my precious, this sort of thing. Um, actually uh, empowering people and embracing the messiness that is democracy, because frankly, that's what we need right now. We need to be able to organize into coalitions. And and admit to each other, we're never going to be able to make each, uh, you know, agree with each other 100%. But we sure as hell can agree on X, Y, Z, and let's go and kick ass on that. I mentioned that I worked with um, with uh, libertarians before. Shout out to Marco, uh, to Marco, uh, Marcos. I almost called him Rubio. I'm sorry, Marcos. <laughs> And, and and Brian, they're they're two of my libertarian comrades. Um, we kind of came together when they tried to push a sales tax increase in Polk County, and we we helped to defeat that initially. And I also got a lot of questions like, "You're a Democrat. You're supposed to like taxes, right?" It's like, <laughs> no, no, not the right, not, not this type of tax. Aggressive ones. Taxes suck. Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of made people scratch their heads but i mean they they're people that i i i will work i'll work with anybody that comes to the table in good faith that that's all there is to it mm-hmm. yeah hopefully the taxing was kind of a clarifying conversation for some people but it's often mm-hmm. just like bashing your head against a wall so again yeah. grateful to you for being willing to keep bashing your head against yeah the wall. we don't want to write people <laughs> off on this podcast i think that's kind of a common theme <laughs> that we've yeah. talked about because like yeah I, like I you said, your political journey our political journey i mean i used to be like the most starry-eyed liberal imaginable uh, mm-hmm. um <laughs> so maybe i am still <laughs> but um it's it's good good yeah. to hear I have a lot of optimism, and honestly, I, I think we can turn this whole thing around. It's just a matter of getting rid of the gatekeeping and and really opening up the party and admitting that we have garbage people that have D's next to their name that we need to boot. And uh, if uh, out of any if if Frank County's listening to this, Mayor Frank County, we got your number. You're next. <laughs> More on that to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, with the the important stuff uh, all said and done, I think that, I think that was uh, good for one podcast. Uh, Brian, do you want to stay on the line and listen to a couple voicemails with us? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, we have a phone number for anyone who listens to the show and would like to call in three one nine eight four nine eight seven three three. That's right. It's in the three one nine area code, the best part of the state. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got a couple this week so here's uh, the first one hello rock hard host this is anastasia um, personal friend to each and every one of you and i'm calling in to shamelessly plug my comedy twitter account buzzfields um and also just thank justin who came up with the name buzzfield oh you're but welcome but then the twitter handle 
um, was taken, so I added an S to it, hence Buzzfields. Um, I'd also like to complain that I tried to pitch this comedy idea of, like, reductress for Iowa um, to Stella and Natalie as a toxic feminine mystique episode, um, but very selfishly, Stella made a tiny baby, and Natalie decided to improve herself, and neither of them let me do this on the podcast, so I had to make a Twitter. So, yeah, please check out my Twitter, BuzzFields, and if you ever have a funny idea and you want posted, just DM, and I will post it, but not give you credit. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Anastasia. She's made, I think she's only been on Toxic Feminine Mystique once, maybe twice. She did like a Halloween episode with them. That was, yeah, I think that was fun. There's more than one. Maybe. Uh, yeah, she's them. plugging her, uh, yeah, it's true. It was a long time ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, her, her new Twitter, Buzzfields. It's like Buzzfeed, but Buzzfield. Hmm. Because Iowa has a lot of fields in it. Makes sense. It may not be the best joke, but it was the first thing that came to mind that worked. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't really know how popular buzzfeed is anymore <laughs> anyway send uh send anastasia some free uh free jokes for her to steal and put on her twitter account uh on to voicemail number two hey there rock hard caucus this is adam aka Skepticat. And I just want to say thank you for the show. This is so cool. I moved to Iowa at the beginning of the pandemic, living in uh, East Village, Des Moines here. And you guys have been really cool. It's been interesting to kind of get in, in touch with, you know, the local city scumbags, Iowa fuckheads, and just the, the general gist of what's going on down here. Um, also want to say shout out to Justin for the uh, assembling Sonic Legos uh, streams and uh, for sharing with me uh, a gift card to the the wonderful and obviously show endorsed uh, ray gun uh, store. I forgot I where, said that to him. Uh, I bring my small dog to absorb their treats uh, every few days on our walks. Um, I do want. I did want to call and specifically uh, mention that uh, I have had a. A positive interaction with the high V security. Um, my car uh, battery died in the high V parking lot, and high V security uh, did bring a quick jump out of their uh, squad vehicle and got me again. So they may they may have shot Mavis in her kneecaps, but uh, <laughs> there is one one positive tally in there. Column high security did uh, look out for me and did not shoot me in my kneecaps. So um, I am torn, and, and I would love your guys's uh, counsel on whether I should trust the high V security or if I should maintain my previous uh, attitude of skepticism towards their intentions. Mm. So um, if we could discuss that, I, I would I would love that. But uh, thank you all for doing what you do. You guys are great. Um, and, yeah, uh, rock on. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate Skeptic that. Cat for calling in. Uh, yeah, high V security. I'm surprised that that story of them uh, jumping his car didn't make it onto, like, KCCI or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think most security guards that I've encountered don't really, like, have that much care for their jobs <laughs> so i mean i think it's more i mean i'm sure there's nice uh high v security people but it's more the uh issue that they are there to begin with <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think their main intention is to prevent shoplifting which is obviously an assault on the poor right mm -hmm. i think um <laughs> you should try to apply to be a high v security guard and then not do your job <laughs> 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 also I, I highly recommend getting the uh jump start pack uh it's a good way uh to be a good samaritan and i have definitely jumped multiple people's cars in the hy parking lot <laughs> where i live oh nice um so yeah and you don't even work there i don't even work there i just saw someone trying to like pulling their hood up and i was like oh i have a jump pack and then yeah yeah it's quick and easy good way to make friends there's probably 
probably more stories like that than there are of uh, yeah. armed uh, <laughs> grocery store security guards helping That's, people. Yeah, almost certainly true. <laughs> so you should have more trust for uh, just random strangers in the parking lot than you should for the high right. security guard i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that that's i did have one more voicemail but uh the person ironically enough was driving while they called it <laughs> <laughs> All right. and so it, it was hard to uh to understand it but i did find them on twitter and followed up with them um it, the call also included some information that they would not want their employer to catch wind of So it's probably better that we don't play it on the show. But to follow up on this call, which listeners do not know the content of, I will just say this. uh, The hosts of Rock Hard Caucus are not labor organizers, but if you are looking for help uh, organizing your workplace or something of that nature, uh, I am totally willing to help connect you with the right people because we do know people in in that uh, orbit. So... And that's a great thing to get started on. And I would love to uh, help you get started. Yeah. Justin's downplaying his role as a labor organizer. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not something that I do uh, professionally. Uh, I've right. only done it for myself and my friends a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and again, if you out there would like to give us a call, that number is 319-849-8733. Uh, don't say anything too crazy. So far, people have been good about that. Yeah. So far. <laughs> Only one guy who got mad at us. Yeah, but that was, but, that but was he, a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was, <laughs> spurred some good discussion. So, uh, Well, before we go, I want to just plug again. I am hosting an I Hear I See live local music show on February 26th. We're going to start at 7.30 at uh, Public Space One's Close House in Iowa City, 538 South Gilbert. Uh, we'll be upstairs in the dance hall. That'll feature performances by Mars Ohelia, Rachel Saint, Drop Bear, that's me and my friend Gabby, and poet Robin Groff. I have not learned how to say her name for certain yet, so apologies, Robin, if you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, Brian, do you have anything that you want to plug to our listeners? Um, two things. We currently have two constituency caucuses that are going to be electing leadership and uh, soon the arab american caucus and the climate caucus if anybody wants to get in touch with the chair of the iowa democratic party and let him know that they need to be seated on the state central committee as they need as they should Hmm. uh, so that they can you know vote in the future of this party that would be appreciated and uh, there's going to be a uh, candidate forum for chair, vice chair, treasurer that is happening on Monday. Uh, I, I put it out on my Twitter. And so I'll be there to to answer whatever questions they throw my way. I don't know. I, I assume Rita Hart's going to show up. I know Bob Prowse is going to show up. And I do know that Br- Brittany Rowland is going is going to show up as well. So uh, if anything you want to hear from Brittany, I think a lot of people would really, really like her. Uh, that A lot of people that listen to this podcast would really, really like her and actually uh, appreciate the vision that she is, that she's bringing to the table because hmm. it, it checks the boxes of actually opening the party up and, and giving people something to do. Uh, what is the best way to reach the IDP chair about seating those constituency caucus chairs? Uh, chair at iowademocrats.org. Okay, great. I'll make sure that people uh, have that in the description of the episode. Yep. And uh, that's something that we've been working on. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, tune in on the 28th uh, for the elections. I'll go ahead and put that information out there on the Twitterverse as well. Uh, should be lively (laughs) all right (laughs) all right well we're gonna close out today with some music from moscow puzzles my friends uh tony and tobin i played a couple shows with them they're great guys they play it's sort of like post-rock kind of drums and guitar it's good stuff uh and they recently released an album called cicadas are sensitive to parallel lines you can get that at (laughs) moscowpuzzles.bandcamp.com or purchase a cd from five centimeter recordings And I think that's it. 
So the All show right. is ending now. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Thanks again, Brian. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Maybe it's because I live here. Yeah, I guess so. It smells great, though.